So check this out. It's me and Emily from one of the greatest podcast names in the history of ever. <laughs> Fuck boys of literature. <laughs> doing? I am wonderful. And I am literally glowing right now because I had an idea when I had an idea about this fuck around and find out podcast that I'm doing right now. What we're going to do today is I call 20 questions. Okay. I'm okay. Excited. So 20 questions is this. We each get 10 questions. And we can ask anything like weather question, podcasting question, TV show question, whatever it is, you can ask it, but you only have 10 questions. Okay. That's, that's we, a lot of pressure. After we end the 10 questions, we're done here. Okay. That's it. So fair. I like the rules. So I'm going to blow one of mine immediately. Okay. How are you doing? Oh, that's a sweet one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. I I think you're up in Northern California. I'm I'm down here in Southern California. That's what's up. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, I don't know how it is up by you, but it's cooling off down here. Finally, right? We were under 80 degrees today. I think we got to like 74 when I came back because uh, today I work from home. Most times I go into the office, but today was my work from home today. So I dropped my son off at school. And when I left, it was 63 degrees. Ooh. When I got back home, it was 71 degrees. And I was like, all right, bitch, that's enough. So <laughs> I went in the house and didn't come back out. I knew where the weather was going, but I think it topped out at like 79 today, which is perfect for me. That's ideal. It is absolutely ideal. So, you know, I, I cannot complain. Everything is good. So that's that's a great place to podcast from when you're just in a good mood yeah. and everything feels like very settled for the first time, like all year. You're just kind yeah. of like, all right, I'm going back into the holidays. I'm going back into another pandemic holiday season. Yes. I know what this is going to mean. And we're I feel a little bit more prepared for it. Yeah, so. me, me too. Like it's it's. <sighs> You know, it's like last year it was like, oh, my God, because the kids weren't in school. You know, Mm -hmm. they were they were distance learning and everything was up in the air. And somebody showed me some pictures of how people were um, around this time last year as far as PPE and what they were wearing and and how everything was just shut down. And and I loved that. Um, I love the fact that everybody was taking it seriously and that the freeway was completely empty every day. And I was able to go 150 miles per hour to and from work. That was great. But now this year is like completely different because folks are like, you know what, we can risk it and go outside and all that kind of stuff. So now I'm trying to stay inside because they won't pay attention. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know, you know, this feeling too, it was last year when the fire seasons were coming in, mm-hmm. I was like, how is a pandemic and a fire season going to work <laughs> out? Cause that sounds like a personal brand of hell. So thankfully uh, we didn't, my neighborhood caught on fire three times last year, but we didn't have to evacuate. And this year we knock on wood, haven't experienced any fires specifically in my neighborhood. So I am very excited that we, uh, <laughs> that might have passed. We had a fire. And I was like, the fuck? Because we never have the fire. Like, yeah. I'm in Sacramento. So we have everything happen around us. We're like, yeah, hey, look, there's an city. earthquake over there. And there's a fire <laughs> over there. And so there was a fire, like, up north a little bit from us. And we could see the smoke. And we're like, this is unsettling. <laughs> and 
really gross and I really don't like this. I don't like this smell. Like, what is this? Like, this is not the smoke that I like. I like smoking meat. So luckily, um, they were able to fight it pretty quickly. And and, and there wasn't any real residual damage uh, to any of the area. But for a while there, it was so weird, like actually having it, the the, the ash falling. yeah. Yeah. It was like, what the hell? the visceral nature of it and you can feel yeah. the heat and it's just really gross and so it's like 107 degrees because everything is just like trapped in it's like oh, oh, oh i don't i don't like this at all okay oh. your turn for a question okay my turn okay so you tweeted something a little while back that absolutely made me swoon and you had made a playlist mm-hmm. episode for mm-hmm. for something so w- would you be comfortable what's your love story Okay, so my beloved wife, Nisha, and I, uh, when we first started dating, we worked together. Actually, we didn't work together. I met her at work. Uh, We worked together, but we didn't date when we worked. And um, when she initially, when we initially met, she was forced. Like, she was literally round peg in a square hole forced into a group that I was running. And nobody else, like everybody else I had hand chosen. And these were my friends. And we were going to be able to, like the meeting was supposed to be about something serious, but fuck that. So we were were prepared to fuck off a good hour and a half per week, just shooting the shit and not being on telephones. And then she got appointed to come in and be a part of the group, the last person of the group. And she brought a notebook now back then i didn't know that she was a analytical ass virgo who would become like this wonderkin brilliant nurse person i was just like the fuck are you doing with that notebook like we're in a conference room where no one can see us exactly what secrets are you taking back to your boss so i was like she's a she's a snitch i don't i don't like this at all this ain't gonna work you're a corporate spy you gotta get the fuck out and she didn't leave and um, which wasn't my choice anyway, but she didn't get the fuck out. And so we had the meeting um, and then we uh, one of her friends, my friend really liked and her friend didn't like him at all because that's the way it worked out. But she liked his money, I guess. Oh, yeah. Um, so she was just like, I'm a plan for everything she was, he was worth. We were young at the time, like 23, 24. So these things happen at that age. Yeah, exactly. Um. And so she was like, I'll go out on a date with you. But my friend has to come along, which is smart. You know, first yeah, date should it, always be a group date, you know, safety and numbers sort of thing. And so my friend was like, cool, 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 cool. Um, let me call my friend to join us. So he called me and we went on this double date. Group date. And so it was me and the snitch again. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, at that point in time, we actually started talking and we learned more about each other. I was a single father at the time. She was a single mother. And we really started vibing. And I, I, I she has a smile Aww. that I can see it with my eyes closed. Like, I, I know, I know that I'm supposed to give my life to Jesus. But if that smile said, follow me, I would be like, God, I will be right back this smile you understand right you made it like come on dude this is your fault so (laughs) i would follow her eyes and her smile anywhere and at that point in time it was like i will do whatever it takes to be happy with this person for the rest of my life and so 
I love music. Like I adore music. And so one of the things that we realized initially was that, A, she liked music that I didn't know. B, I wasn't going to tell her that. And I was going to make a playlist of stuff that she liked and I like, I like it too. Um, and so our life, our relationship together was built with music. Like it had a soundtrack. And I've always thought and I always wonder about other people. Like if you, because people always ask, like there's that thing going around on Twitter and all that. Like if you could have anybody narrate your life, who would it be? Nah, mm -hmm. fuck that shit. Fuck that noise. If you could have 20 songs, that would be the soundtrack of your life. Like if they made a movie about your life, what would the 20 songs be for your soundtrack? Ooh. And that's where a musical love affair came from. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's really like, she's like the best. She's the best. And I'm almost sorry I called her a snitch. <laughs> <laughs> she had a notebook. She brought that shit upon herself. But you know, it just I'm just I'm just glad it turned out well. That's adorable. That makes me so happy. Cause whenever anybody talks about the relationship on Twitter, you're always like, oh God, oh no. And then when it turns out that it's like actually just very lovely and very caring, and you're just like, oh thank God, there's still hope for so many people. <laughs> I um literally wake up and go to sleep to her smile like she has a place in like she it's 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 hilarious i watch burn notice burn notice is a show <laughs> that came on usa a long time ago and i got to see like the first four ep the first four seasons and then kids started coming and once kids started coming we couldn't afford usa again for a long fucking time so on Voodoo, they sold the entire box set, like the entire thing on Voodoo for like $20. So I bought it. So I've been going through burn notice. And so she will sit down, like we'll lay in bed and she'll sit there and act like she's trying to watch it. But you see her eyes just kind of drooping. And I'm like, baby, you're falling asleep. And she's like, no, I'm not. But then she just like, <laughs> be honest with yourself. <laughs> right. But then she'll like just snuggle into this spot on my arm that just has my arm like trapped. And yet there's nowhere else in the world that I want her to be than just right here. And she's asleep and she's like so angelic. And then she starts snoring and that stops. And um, it's just you need to write romance novels, my friend. You really do. <laughs> no, because I'm never good at the sex scenes part. I've been reading oh, Ratchet Book Club and I've seen some shit. <laughs> I have seen some. And before that. OK, so when I was younger and first right now on Ratchet Book Club, I'm reading Matilda. Oh, yeah. Lovely. And so Matilda uh, learned how to read when she was four or five. And I was like, cool, me too. Learned to read when I was like three or four. Thought it was really dope. Was reading billboards and all that kind of stuff. And then one day at like the age of nine, I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm tired of reading my books. I'm going to see what's on my mom's bookshelves. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Fabio and, and turgid penises and just shit. I can't do it either. I can't. Heaving bosoms and just bodice ripping lust and just her hair shun in the moonlight as he just tossed her from side to side and yeah. just who the fuck think you like you got no disrespect no disrespect if that's if that's what you want to write i just finished watching sex education there was a young girl mm -hmm. on there named lily who wrote about space sex that was her thing she wrote space love stories and if you have a mind for love stories and that romance scene stuff 
more power to you. We should yeah. link up and I'll write everything else and <laughs> you can do the love scene. And just, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, they looked in each other's eyes and the next day he went to work. And what happened in between that? It's like, I... <laughs> extrapolate data that's all right, you need to know <laughs> right like she woke up with a smile on her face just yep, know he's wearing the same clothes that's all you need to know exactly there's no walk of shame because he cooks breakfast in the morning i'll tell you about how he cooked i'll tell you about all that kind of stuff but i can't go into this part the no, the the, the, the minutiae of yeah. the sex scene it just that's not for me no i tried I try, like I really just now thinking about it and I realize the only things that I really know how to say that sound romance novelish is turgid and bosom (laughs) and bustier and heaving breasts. Heaving bosoms. Heaving bosoms and mound, mound. That's what I remember also. Instead of saying vagina, they would say mound. He gently lowered his lips to her flower or her mound. And it's like, I read a book. So the Ratchet Book Club, one of the books we did was uh, The Cartel. And they had the worst uh, euphemism ever. They said wound. Oh, no. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. When I first started, I started around the same time as a bunch of women who were starting romance novel podcasts. And mm-hmm. they were like, why don't you come on? And I was like, you really, really don't want me to. I promise you don't want me to, because I find this so like, I'm, I'm a white woman from Connecticut. Like we don't talk about those things in public. Like it's just not going to happen. It's just like mm-mm. my like puritanical waspy side kicks in. And it's just like mm-mm. anything that happens in the bedroom. I don't want to read about an explicit detail. Thank See, you. And I'm pretty open. Like I will talk to my kids. I've been talking to my kids about sex since they were like six. Cause I was like, I want y'all to have it in your head by the time you get to this age, that yeah. this is what is going to happen. Um, and I'll talk openly about it on shows and I'll talk openly about it with my wife, obviously. And then it comes mm-hmm. to writing the words down and I'm like, think, 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 yep. think I have nothing. I, got I, nothing. I, I have nothing. Yep. And, and some people, you know, are just built for it. Like that's their gift. God gave you a dirty mind. <laughs> Exactly. God gave you a real dirty vocabulary. And I, and I appreciate that for you. Right. Like I can off the spur, like off the, like every so often I can say something that's just like, yes. But nine times out of 10, it's just like, God, I have nothing for no, you. I like nothing. I can write the comedy and yeah. I can write the horror and I can write the action, but romance, nah. Can't do it. Nah. I, and I can't even describe how my wife and I work. I can't, I can't explain how our relationship works because we're literally like yin and yang. And we tell, I tell, oh, we tell each other all the time. Mm -hmm. One day, and it's only happened once, one day she and I are going to be mad at the same thing at the same fucking time. And when that happens, God have mercy on whoever we're focusing our anger on because it's always like she's mad and I'm like baby it's not that big of a deal and, she, and I'm mad at something she's like baby it's it's why it's not that serious but one day there was once where we were both mad at the same time and it was like Avengers 
a symbol. It's going to start melting off the walls. Oh, God, it was great. I should have taped it. Like, it was wonderful watching the anger. And we were just both like, tag in. Okay, now you motherfucker, what you going to do? Tag out. That sort of thing. That's awesome. Uh, okay. okay. My question. How the fuck did you come up with that podcast name? Um... I actually didn't. I will fully admit that I did not actually come up with it. I was chatting. I'm sorry. Something's funking, going funky on my computer. So forgive me if I cut in and out. You're okay. um, I did not come up with my podcast name. I was talking with uh, a bunch of women, a bunch of folks on the internet, on Twitter, and I was railing against uh Rochester from Jane Eyre, who's just one of the worst characters in all of of romantic history. And uh, someone just said, man, you need to start a podcast called Fuck Boys of Literature. And I had never heard the word before. And I was like, I had to look it up because that's how square I am. And so I did. And then I thought to myself, that sounds like fun. Maybe I'll do a couple episodes about it. And that was three years ago. (laughs) I think it is the I think you should make t-shirts. I think you should make coffee mugs. I think it is literally the best. And this comes from somebody who's made like multiple podcasts. I think that is the best goddamn name for a podcast I've ever experienced. Followed shortly by the podcast. Let me tell you something, bitch. Like those two are side by fucking side, like running a race that nobody else is close to as far as the dope ass name. name. Like, I was like, okay, I need to experience this in all its fucking glory on both sides. And okay, that's my third question. Go. (laughs) What was your, what's the third question? I'm sorry. That was my third question. That was your third question. You're right. Mm -hmm. It was. Okay, my turn. Um, In a similar vein, why why another podcast and why a book podcast? Okay, so I've been podcasting since 2008. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've been here since the Wild West of Twitter, like when it was just RSS feeds. Yeah, um, that's crazy. And it is. It really fucking is. Um, and so when I first, oh, look at the cat. Uh, when I first started oh. podcasting, I did what everybody else was doing, which was a pop culture podcast, like mm-hmm. a weekly pop culture. Um, and about six, let's see, 2008. So about four years into it, I had my first uh, mental breakdown. Yeah. I um, and so I didn't have really an outlet to talk to about at that point in time. Cause that was 2012 and I was 32 and I was still too much of a man to discuss mental health and what was going on with me. And so I didn't talk to my wife about it or anything like that. And at that point in time, I didn't look at the numbers for my shows. I didn't know how many yeah. listeners I had. I didn't know anything. I just knew that I had a show that I was able to talk into that. As far as I could tell, nobody in my family listened to none of mm-hmm. my friends listened to. So it was literally my safe space. So I started talking about my mental health on my podcast, telling folks about what was going on with my life, telling folks what was going on with me. I had a show called Ignite, uh, where I literally tried to get mad the entire episode. And I was so depressed that I couldn't even get angry about what I was feeling. It was just like an empty feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kept pushing through with that show. I still do it every so often. I, I got a co-host uh, and we still do it every so often, like just to get together and talk. Cause I really love her. She's dope. But um, after starting that show, I started like, seven more shows wow um so i went from single simulcast to sin and solids which is my audio drama 
uh, written and produced by myself, and it's dope. Um, Then I did 20 Minutes. I did uh, The Dream Team. I did Unburdened, which is the mental health show. Uh, I did Hindsight. Uh, I did Return to Oswald. I did Ratchet Book Club, and I did The Single Serving Show. Somewhere in between The Dream Team and Unburdened, I decided to retire from what we think of as podcasting. Mm-hmm. And so what I decided was that I will just do what I want to do um, as a podcaster, instead of doing what everybody else expects you to do, like the pop culture and everything. Right. I was like, I'm retired from podcasting. I'm retired from what most folks think are the norm for podcasting. And I'm going to do what I want to do. And what I want to do is fucking read a book. So yeah. <laughs> you did. So, so I that's did. awesome. That's that's really how it started. And I was like, I had two choices for names. Usually they're going to be we read ratchet. Or it was going to be Ratchet Book Club. And I have a friend uh, named Ace. And I was like, there's two names, two choices. I was like, I'm either going to do We Read Ratchet or I'm going to do Ratchet Book Club. And I was like, and I don't want to cheat because I have something in mind that I like. So I need you to mm-hmm. flip a coin. And heads will be this and tails will be this. And she flipped a coin on camera and it came out on tails. So we ended up with Ratchet Book Club, which was not my first pick. Really? My first pick was We Read Ratchet. Um, but in hindsight, I can't picture my show being anything other than ratchet book club like, yeah i i love your title i yeah. love your title it's like succinct to let you know exactly what it is and if you know what ratchet is and you know exactly what you're getting into and the very first book was old thought next door which yeah whew. <laughs> okay fourth question okay. how old is your cat oh i have two um they're being jerks right now uh because I, they had dental surgery last week oh. and yeah they had to have a bunch of teeth pulled both of them uh okay. and so they're still high on whatever painkiller the vet gave them and so they've been monsters they are six years old okay yeah. so um six years old that's not old per se but it's definitely mm-hmm. not young it's like teen like mid like mid after teenage yeah, years they're more like or less? early 20s you know in okay. cats why'd uh, they have to get their cat why'd they have to get their teeth pulled are they okay <gasps> Yeah, they're okay. They're just um, uh, cats. Basically, uh, my vet is ridiculous. And she was like, you have to brush your cat's teeth every day. And I was like, absolutely not. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I get my cats free from the garbage. Like my cats just show up and then they move in with me. And so like, I was like, I'm really not going to struggle to brush my cat's teeth every day. And I'm sure someone will judge me very harshly for this, but I don't really care. They're, they're cats. I'm not brushing their teeth every day. And since I hadn't, uh, but they're also brother and sister, they're from the same litter. So I think that probably they just have like congenitally bad teeth and I'm going to have to start brushing their teeth more often, but, uh, you know, no dentures. No. Yeah. I mean, there's soft food and if, but people in my family we have a tendency to have cats that live forever like my mom has cats has had cats that lived like 22 23 years and i'm just kind of like oh my god do i really have to brush my cat's teeth for like the next 15 (laughs) did your did your mom brush your brush her cats (laughs) no okay then no no as long as mom never did it because my mom we have dogs like yeah. we're on the other end of the spectrum. So she yeah, has a dog, dog too, but... named Sebastian and we have a dog named Nala and Nala and Sebastian are brother and sister they're from the same, litter. well, not the same litter, but the same mom. The mom was uh, an outdoor dog that found a lot of activity. Yeah. Um, and so we, Nala's younger than Sebastian. 
And so my mom loves Sebastian with all her heart and subsequently loves Nala. But there's nobody else in the house other than my mom, her husband and Sebastian. So it's like Sebastian's a baby at the house. Meanwhile, yeah. there's four motherfucking kids over here at all times. And there's a dog. And she's like, did you put did you put Nala into her dress today? And I was like. You a dress she was like yes i bought her a dress after i brought her back from getting the grooming done at this special groomer that i take them to and i was like she's not putting on a goddamn dress and she was like well why not and then one of the kids put her in the dress and took a picture of it and she, this little purple dress that she's running around in okay. and she's like she's so adorable she's in the dress and i was like yeah she's in the dress yeah, she's a dog she doesn't need one she's a dog <laughs> she, she I, literally yeah. will eat her poop if i'm not paying attention to her <laughs> exactly. and you want me to put her in a dress yeah i fully admit my husband and i do not have kids we don't want kids like we're just not kid people so we have animals i've got two cats and a 91 pound pit bull oh, and no. yeah he's great he's our third dog our other two passed away like mm-hmm. at the beginning of quarantine and so that was just like horrendous yeah. but like i people keep go asking me like oh how are your babies and i'm like no 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 no, no, no. Pets are not babies. Like I don't have babies on purpose. Pets are not babies. So you're not a fur baby type person. Then. No, 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 not okay. at all. I, I love my animals. I oh, yeah. love animals, but like, they're not my babies. You okay. can't, I kennel my dog when I'm leaving for several hours a day. You can't do that with children. They call yeah, well, authorities you on can. you. Yeah, I was going to say you can try. It's you shouldn't. Just... Um, yeah, no, I, 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 have animals for a reason (laughs) (laughs) okay um question for you or it's your turn rather yeah it is my turn um if it makes you feel any better you're halfway done after you ask this question i believe i know no like this isn't pressure i just want to make sure i ask you a good question because i I love how you talk (laughs) you got a surprise for me hold on one second hold on one second sure My youngest son, Kid Awesome, that's his name, uh, plays basketball, and he's 14. And so I coach girls basketball at a different high school than he plays basketball at. So he pulls up, and he's a freshman, and they're like, what grade is he in? And I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) No. Cannot bring you back. (laughs) My seniors on the team. Two more years, maybe. My seniors on the team were like, I remember when he was 12. And the freshmen are like, he ain't 12 no more. And I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) Well, it's freshman to freshman. It's fine. Pick out a girl and nudge him that way. But like. (laughs) Yeah, you you can't come here anymore. Maybe for the prom or something. Somebody's going to invite him. (laughs) But it was your fifth question. Yeah. Okay. That actually gave me a good idea. What's the best gift your kid has ever gotten you? Him. Everything else, extra credit. So the thing about Kid Awesome is that when he, we didn't know this, but when he was born, he was born with a congenital heart defect, oh. um, a congenital right aorta anomaly where his right aorta was not connected to his heart. Um, so oh yeah, so only 0.003% of the population of the world is afflicted with this. And this kid's been playing basketball since he was yeah. old enough to shoot. So he's been running up and down courts. And when you have this, yeah. your most people, they say they don't even find out they got it until the autopsy. Oh, my um, God. And so he's been running up and down courts since he was like three years old. Um, and what happened was that 
one day uh, last year, he just all of a sudden his stamina got cut in half. So where he oh was God. doing like four AAU games in a single uh, day, now he couldn't do one half of a basketball game before he had to sit down for like the rest of the tournament. Oh, my God. Um, so we thought that he had COVID. We thought, yeah. you know, OK, lung capacity, you know, he's been out here playing with kids who may or may not uh, have COVID because it's before they could get the shot. So, you know, right. it, it could happen. Um and so I took him for a COVID test and, and it came back negative, but his stamina was still horrible. So we got really worried and I took him to our family doctor. Like I have the best doctor in the world. His name is Doc um, and he's a sports doctor. So like yeah. he's uh, been through like he's worked with professional basketball players in the whole nine yards. And so when Kid Awesome came in and told him about what was going on with him, uh, the doctor was like, well, I'm going to give you an inhaler just in case it's sports asthma, but yeah. I'm also going to get you set up with a cardiologist. And so we went to the cardiologist and they took an EKG. And um, that was on January the 19th, like the no January the 17th, day before my birthday. And um, they called us back uh, like two days later and was like, we need to schedule him for surgery immediately. Oh, my God. And they were like, um you can either wait until after the school year is over right? Uh, because he's still going to have this uh, limited breath and everything, but we could schedule it for after the school year is over or we could schedule it right now. Well, COVID's happening, you know, so yeah. the kids are distance learning. It's not like he needs to be in class and he's getting straight A's so he can work from his computer at home. So yeah. let's go ahead and get this done now. So uh, January 17th, they did the, or it was January 19th. This is the day after my birthday. I'm sorry. They did the testing. January uh, 29th, we went and met with the surgeons and they flew surgeons in to do this special surgery. Um, oh and then February 2nd, he had the actual surgery. And um, they actually flew in a surgeon. And then there was another surgeon that was there that was like Dr. House and shit. Like he's yeah. like, world renowned and we never even got a chance to meet him he literally came in did the surgery and just bloop, left wow. um and so then he had to after the surgery was successful and that was scary but after the surgery was successful then he had to build his lung capacity back up and um he had to really learn how to just breathe again you yeah. know and how to do everything because he had open heart surgery at yes. the age of 13 um oh god and so Coming out of that on the other side, at before that point, I was like dad slash basketball coach. You know, I, mm -hmm. I'm still his basketball coach. But now after that happened, I was just like, you know what? Every moment I get with him is just like a gift. It's just like. I could not imagine. I exactly. cannot imagine. It's it's the scariest thing in the world. And 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 one of the things that I'm I'm a I'm a Christian, you know, I'm I'm I'm. I go to church sometimes and I am a Christian. I know that much, but I, I, one of the things that I really just can't stand about religion is when Christians think that their religion is like a perks app for like a restaurant or something like that. Mm -hmm. So since I believe in God, God bless my child to be healthy through this surgery. And it's like, well, and you saying that you're saying that you believe that other people whose children have passed away from this very same surgery weren't in favor with God. And that yeah, never sits well it. with me. Yeah. Um, and so when we 
when he got his surgery and came out of the other side healthy, of course, I thank God, you know, for the opportunity for more time with my son. But at the same time, I'm also asking God, why? You know, there's children. We were. So one thing that I will never forget is when we were in the emergency room with him, when we were in the uh, ICU, because after he got done with the surgery, he had to be in the pediatric ICU. Um, And so he's in one room and my wife and I are in there with him and nurses are coming in constantly and looking over him and this cardiologist and everything. And we're eating and talking with him. I brought the Nintendo switch in. So he's playing video games and everything. Um, And the next room over, there's like a two-year-old child, like a two-year-old baby. And she, no, I don't even know if she was two. I don't, because oh I wasn't, nobody was allowed in there. Yeah. And it was just doctors like in there all the time. And she's in like a, uh, like a bassinet. bassinet. And there's doctors and nurses in there with her all the time. And she's constantly crying like she's in pain. And I never saw parents in there. And oh. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened to that little girl. I think about her all the time. My heart breaks every time I think about her. Just thinking about it is. That's horrendous. And it's like, it's like you want me to tell you that I'm blessed for some reason. Like I'm at a level where I'm able to do where my kid is on. Like, like you want me to say that I got a VIP package or something from God. And it's like, no, that doesn't work for me. My son I'm fortunate to have him here and I mourn for the kids who aren't here and I mourn for the people who aren't here. I just don't know how to express it. You know, it's kind of like that whole thing we were talking about, about writing romance. I have the words in my head, sort of. I just can never truly express how I feel regarding the hubris. Mm -hmm. I think that's the best word. The hubris of Christians and 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 the thing about it is that same hubris carries into a lot of the things that we're going through right now as a country, in my opinion, as far as them trying to take away women's rights, uh, them trying to uh, this whole if God wanted us to have COVID, we'd get COVID sort of thing and all these sort of things like they just believe they're walking on faith when really they're just walking in a privileged space that allows them this air that just makes me nauseous. Yeah, there are a few things I dislike more than anybody who says that God couldn't, wouldn't give you something you can't handle and or like God works in mysterious ways. And I'm just always like, yes and no. Um, but at the <laughs> same time, like you were saying, like the people who have had to endure just the most catastrophic tragedies, like you are really assuming that they pissed off God and I just can never fully get on board with that. I just don't think that's how a deity would work. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Okay. Fifth, sixth question. Sixth question. Sixth question. Yes. Sixth. Sixth. Yeah. Uh, Sixth. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, what is your favorite letter and your favorite number and why? Ooh, I don't think I've ever thought about that before. Um, I, I, 
my favorite number is, you know, this is going to bring up a uh, literary reference for people, but uh, it's not actually from that. But is it 42? It is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But like when I was a kid, my mom had never read Douglas Adams before, but every single time she just wanted to pull up an arbitrary number, she'd just say, and we need 42 apples or something like that. So it was just, it was always the number. And then when I read Douglas Adams for the first time and I was like, 42 is someone else's number. And it doesn't just, it's not just my mom. And I, I asked her, I was like, are you sure you've never read this book before? And she was like, no, I never had before. So, you know, 42 really does mean something. That's and, magical. Uh, I can honestly say, I don't think I have a favorite letter at all. My favorite letter is letter Q. And the reason why my favorite letter is the letter Q followed by the letter Z is because when I am writing in cursive, the capital letter Q in cursive and the capital letter Z in cursive are two of the funnest letters to write for me. And it's just like you could get into the curly Qs and all that kind of stuff. And so I've ever met writes in cursive and I write everything in cursive. You know what? Like. Okay, so one of the things that happens to me a lot is folks will be like, put your signature here. Like, you know, when you sign Mm -hmm. a notepad or something like that. But you have paperwork where they're like, print here and put your signature here. And my print is the same as my signature because I do everything in cursive. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And um I just, I, I can't help it. Like, I love, I just think cursive is the most elegant. Um, it, it is one of my, my co-host, Shante, from a single simulcast that I was alluding to earlier. She does calligraphy. Ooh. Yes, and she's super good at it. And um, she, uh, I had told her she should start a business called Calligraphal Hate. <laughs> yes, I would buy a million. <laughs> and so Calligraphal Hate, was uh, my idea. She would do calligraphy for people who hated somebody mm-hmm. and she would write notes to the person they hated and whatever they wanted it to write, she would write it in calligraphy. So it'll be like a calligraphy writing that said, go fuck yourself and die in the most beautiful. It will be so beautiful. Elegant. They would want to just, yeah. <laughs> it would be so elegant. They won't want to hang it up on the wall. Like it's art. And I was like, you need to make this a thing. And mm-hmm. she was like, I will think about it. And I was like, you know, with all the people who are getting paid off doing these glitter bombs and yep. all that kind of stuff, yep. you Open can up an Etsy shop. <laughs> like, you can literally do an Etsy of just send me what you want me to write to somebody. I will do mm-hmm. the calligraphy for it and I will send it to you. And <laughs> it would go bonkers bananas. It would for- go bonkers. You can oh have stock goodness. ones that you've already done of mm-hmm. like your, your generic, like, go choke and die but like you know and then you can have custom oh that's a brilliant mm-hmm. idea that is brilliant i fucking hate my boss here exactly like, oh my God. i quit like. <laughs> and then she learned how to speak korean and how to write korean like she's oh, that's cool. super talented so i was like yeah even better now if they want to say something they're really scared to say it to their boss you can write it in korean mm-hmm. with calligraphy mm-hmm. and give it to them and they might even get it fucking tattooed on them. Ooh. And then you would have, I am a walking herpy tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
especially if they were in a frat and they're under 27. They certainly will have that tattooed on them somewhere. Oh, my God. God. All right. Okay. It's your turn for a question. Question number six. Okay. Um, If actually, here's a good question. If you could speak any other language, which one would you choose? Fuck Spanish. I live in California. And so I made the wonderful decision when I was in junior high school and in high school and had a chance to do something fucking different. Here's what happened as a book reader. French is a language of love. And so in California, where literally speaking Spanish is like half the population, if not more, speak Spanish. I was like, I'm going to learn how to speak French. And I, I, I took French from seventh grade all the way through junior year of high school. And I've used it exactly once. We went to France. We went to Germany uh, to visit with some relatives that were stationed out there. And while we were there, we drove to Paris. And my mom wanted some beignets. And she was like, Derek, go into the store and ask them where their beignets are. And that was the one time I spoke French. (laughs) That's not the most useful. It's really not. It's really not. And so. Unless you're working uh, at the UN. Like, there's really no other time you're going to speak French. Right. And I just, I just. Sometimes I sit back and think about what the fuck, what, what the fuck were you thinking, Derek? Like, what the, what the fuck was this? Like, but it does make reading books a lot easier because when you are reading like proper, you know, like heralded British literature, there's always a moment where they break out and do either French or Latin. And I, yeah, I, I took Spanish, so I don't uh, speak French biscuit. really at all. Yeah. See, see, and you were in Connecticut yeah. taking Spanish. How mm-hmm. the fuck did that happen? That's my question. How are you in, in Connecticut <laughs> taking Spanish? Okay. I will admit um, I am not from the Connecticut you think. Oh, okay. when you hear Connecticut. Um, I am from a town called Danbury. It is, it's still majority white. You know what? You <laughs> but it's only 60% white. And we had a no, huge I'm, I'm clapping. I'm clapping excited because I just watched for like the fifth time a fucking Netflix documentary about the Danbury Trashers hockey yeah. team. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that was so dumb. Yeah, we are home to the Danbury Trashers and the minimum security women's prison that Orange is the New Black is based on. So that's it, where I grew yes. up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I would leave so too. We didn't have, so the, the obviously they speak um, more like Mexican Spanish and El Salvadorian Spanish here, but I grew up in a place with a huge Puerto Rican and Dominican population. So mm. that's the closer dialect of Spanish that I was taught. Um, granted it was through school and then you'd pick up, you know, fun stuff from the kids you go to school with. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, but yeah, no, I was like, Hmm, what seems a little bit more of a rational thing to choose? It was like French or Spanish. And then like, German later on in high school. And I was like, nobody needs to speak German. All German people speak English. So I went with Spanish because it seemed slightly more practical. Look at you being practical and me just being like, wait, <laughs> I'm going to speak French. My and siblings took French. And I was like, that seems really hard because that doesn't seem like there's a regular verb in the damn language. So I went with Spanish. You know, all if I just think about how my life could have been changed. How my life could have been changed if I had said, I'm going to speak French. And my mom had said, to who? (laughs) 
food, Harry. Who are you going to speak French to in this fucking city? Who? Who? This is me being an owl, Derek. Who? Who? <laughs> Have I taught you nothing? Who the fuck are you going to speak French? Are you going to speak it to your dad? Are you going to speak it to your brother? Hey, hey, how about this? You know what? Spanish has elements that are kind of like French. Yeah, it's a beautiful language. Speak Spanish, you dumb son of a biscuit. (laughs) You'll thank me in 20 years. Exactly. And you know how many jobs I have missed out on? I mean, I'm happy where I am. I work, I actually work for the government which works, you know, I like it. The yeah. job security is there forever. Um, but so many jobs where they're like, you need to be bilingual. Yeah. And I'm like, I am bilingual, sort of. I speak <laughs> French. And it's the second one, no one really you, likes. Have you ever, it's, 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 it's a mystery, but it's a beautiful thing when you literally see somebody, you can see it in their eyes. There's a look that literally says, get the fuck out of my face. (laughs) I've experienced this look many times when I fill out an application and I know they want me to speak Spanish and I say, I speak French. Yep. All right, I'm going to go. I'm going to (laughs) go. You should be more specific on your application is what you really need to say. <laughs> them asking what them asking if you can speak if you're bilingual is my version of do you have a felony on your record? Like <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, what's the language? <laughs> hey, at least it wasn't like finish you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fun though it's true one of my friends for what it's worth he learned spanish and he actually became a consulate oh that's so cool right and i still speak french and i can only say the cuss words so <laughs> here's where it all played out there's this beautiful group if you ever get a chance check them out uh their name is les nubians les because they're french Mm-hmm. They Nubians, and they sing in French. Yes, but the thing is, you've heard of them. No, I okay, they're but... they're they're beautiful. If you have Spotify, just check them out. Just type yeah. in "les" and they'll pop up. Yeah. But there's a song they have called "Voyager," Voyager, and I have it on like five playlists. And my daughter hops in the car with me one day, and this is when she's like fourteen, and we're riding down the street. She's 19 now we're riding down the street and this song comes on and she's like oh this is so beautiful dad and they're singing and they're having a great time and my daughter was like what did she say right there dad and that's the question i hope that none of my kids would ever fucking ask me oh no because i had told them that i knew how to speak french and she was like what did they say right there and it was just in passing it was just casual like she didn't even mean to catch me up and she saw the look in my eye and she was like you can't really speak French anymore, can you? She saw the flop sweat. And she right? was just like, oh, put my dad in a lie. Oh, my God. My dad can't speak French. And I was like, zoot. <laughs> and she was like, what's that mean? And I was like, man. <laughs> she was like, what's that mean? And I was like, I can't speak. Things you can't repeat in front of another person who speaks French. <laughs> Nothing at all. 
<laughs> Damn you children. But yeah, that's me and the language that I should have spoken, but I didn't. Okay. Um, is it your question or is it mine? Was it, that was your question. I, then I yeah. asked it back to you. So, okay. Um, question number eight. I think, yeah. Eight? Yeah. I can, I can, I can, I can do numbers in French still. I can do the alphabet <laughs> in French. I can't say eight in French. What's you know it, like, what? I take that back. Instead like of Spanish, instead of yeah. Spanish, I take that back. American Sign Language. I feel like everybody should know how to do American Sign Language I agree. because it is completely unfair and bullshit that kids are left out of the conversation because people don't want to take time to learn a language that is actually English. Like, I know I sound like one of those uh, xenophobic people like, learn English, motherfuckers. But no, seriously, you should know how to communicate with, you know, folks who are deaf or are or, or, or mute or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I feel like... My, um, I feel like a schmuck. I feel like a schmuck because people ask all the time when you're a podcaster too. Oh, like I'm a little hard of hearing. Will you do transcripts? And I'm like, I really can't. Like, Ooh, I think about it all the time. And there's a site that I know of that does transcripts. And if I go back and look hard enough to find it, I will send you the link to it. Yeah, because it's free. Um, <laughs> and and that's yeah. the most important. Like, like, like. Okay, listeners, I love you. But at the same time, I don't love you enough to pay for a transcribe. Yeah. Like, like those transcription are ex- is like a dollar a minute, if yeah, not more. Yeah. And my shows are an hour, sometimes an hour and a half long. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. I yeah. can't. I can't. Venmo me. If you yeah. want this, then I have a Patreon. Just yeah. join the Patreon. And when I get to this amount of money per month. But um, no, seriously, my, my um, beloved wife took ASL and so she would come home and she would teach me ASL and I was learning it from her and I was like okay that's cool that's dope I'm starting to get it and then um she found out that the next class like the first class was a night class she was able to go there but the next class the only class they had was a day class you didn't have any choice and there were no online courses for it so she had to stop at ASL one and that was heartbreaking to her yeah um what was the question? Oh, yes. So if you had to watch one movie for the next two years, like it's not an everyday thing, but it's every time you want to watch a movie, it is this movie. Mm-hmm. What movie would it be? I have an incredibly uneducated answer. And it is the movie Hot Fuzz starring Simon Pegg. It is so good. It's it's a perfect movie it is is perfect and and again like i understand how people feel like anything with police officers in a good light is copaganda and stuff like that i totally get it i'm sorry but it's a perfect movie it It is is. a perfect movie it is so clever like the i i have it i have it and i favorite okay so so i'm gonna tell you this and then i'm probably gonna pencil you in on hindsight hindsight is where we watch movies that we saw before when we were kids or movies that we loved as young adults and hot fuzz is on that list now i don't know when we're going to get to hot fuzz because i pick a month and then my um my co-host picks a month and so this month we're doing horrible horror horror ribble movie month 
Um, so bad, scary movies. And then after that, we're doing uh, kid and play movies. And then he gets to choose. And then after that, we'll probably bounce back to something that I want to do. But mm-hmm. I'm going to put your name on the list for Please a hot do. fuzz. And I, I'm going to contact you. guys. I'm clearly <laughs> available whenever you need me because it is, it's a perfect movie. I so love it. It's fucking good. It's oh my God. so damn funny. And every time I watch it, and I've probably seen it, what, 30, 40 times. Like, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. I catch a new joke every single time. Like, it's a perfect flawless movie (laughs) that movie strangely enough is the reason why i had to go back and watch bad boys too yes right yep Mm -hmm. no like i love that movie too because they kept asking you haven't seen bad boys too (laughs) i was like you know what i have but not enough to really Hit the jokes and the references and the visuals and the i mean everybody just knows shit got shit, shit just got real and like that's a great line but mm-hmm. i mean oh i mean do they keep up the woosah in, in in uh bad boys two or is that just a bad boys one thing uh, they keep years? it up and yes they okay. keep it up they keep it up they actually have it in the bad boys for life part three which is when Fantastic. they're both like super adults they're like 40 <laughs> and that's like great for me as that's a 40 awesome. year old <laughs> Mine, I just had it, and then I lost it that quickly. Um, I just finished watching Atomic Blonde. That is a wonderful spy movie. Like, I love it to pieces. Um, If I had to watch one movie, every time I wanted to watch a movie, this is a guilty pleasure movie, and I feel no shame whatsoever. The Italian Job, Mark Wahlberg and Jason yeah. Statham. It's just a fun, uh, like a fun time. Like there used to be that, you know, back in the day where you could just sit down and turn mm-hmm. on the TV on a Saturday and there would be like on TNT, there'd be like a movie. Absolutely. And you yeah. just sit down and watch and be like, oh, yeah. Italian Job is that sort of a movie for me. I love it. Perfect. I am not a capital C cinema person. Like mm-hmm. if you are trying to like accomplish something, I, I'm like, nope nope Mm-mm. sorry no 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 <laughs> i need i need mindless like yeah. mm-hmm. we have a month where it's all dwayne johnson movies those are the kind of movies that i need like yeah, yeah i'm not I'm even glad gonna go people make it. accomplish something movies but i'm just not thought i'm mm. just i can't usually do it i can't you, you accomplished it Exactly, exactly. I'll be over here in the next theater watching somebody get blown the fuck up. You'll hear my explosions through your wall. Through your like wall because all y'all do over here something. is whisper. You know what? I take that back. I did see a couple of movies that I didn't think that I would watch because I got uh, Regal Unlimited, which allows you mm-hmm. to watch as many movies as you want per month. And I was like, fucking dope. So I went and saw The Favorite, which stars Olivia Coleman from The right. Crown. And mm-hmm. she's fucking fantastic. She's like, so good. Right. And I didn't know until I watched this movie. Um, and then I saw Emma. And those are like the two mm-hmm. upscale and upscale for me just means they wear fancy dresses and it's British <laughs> and they have There's those corset involved. <laughs> exactly. And the stupid ass wigs that men used to have to wear. Like that's that's upscale for me. I am not. <laughs> I am not the person. You, I'm watching fucking burn notice every night. Like, what do you want from me? <laughs> I'm not a pinkies out kind of person. Right? I just can't do it. There's a reason why my podcast is called Fuck Boys of Literature. Like, I don't, I'm not I'm not that girl. I can't do it. <laughs> exactly. I understand wholeheartedly. <laughs> so your okay. question i figure i have to ask this question 
What's your favorite book? That is a great question. Um, because I have read a few of them, but hold on one second. Um, damn it, my Kindle's on the bed. There's a book called From the Corner of His Eye by Dean Koontz. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read it soon. I'm actually scared to read it. I'm scared to read it on the show because I feel like I won't do it justice. Um, but it is. He writes like thrillers. and, and yeah. yeah. It is so much just fast paced action. And it is so good. And every time I read it, I just fall in love with the characters all over again. And I could just right now I can close my eyes and picture parts of the book that just make me smile. And one of my favorite things and, and, and one of the best things that's happened to me in this past year, because Ratchet Book Club has only been around since February. I started mm-hmm. the first uh, episode on, on the day before Valentine's Day, um, has been the community of readers that I've yeah. met through doing Ratchet Book Club that I would have never met before. And so somebody shared something with me where they were like, what you see when you look at a book and it was just a book cover and what people see, what I see when I read a book and it's just like dragons flying around and all this kind of stuff. And I have the most vivid imagination. I just, I picture what's going on in these books. And so I literally can see, I mean, I'm not saying it like I'm special or something. I'm sure you see it too, but yeah, it depends when, on the book. But when you're reading it, it's like, you see what's happening. And so when I'm talking about it right now, I can still see what I see, which is the reason why I fucking hate the movie Timeline yeah. by Michael Crichton and the movie The Death and Life of Bobby Z. And the problem is Paul Walker. <sighs> I'm sorry. And the fact that he starred in both two of my favorite books of all time, Paul Walker starred in both of them. And Paul Walker cannot do it the way that I pictured it like you no matter what the fuck you do Paul Walker you cannot do it the way I pictured this shit in my goddamn head there is nothing you can do sure I love it like David Blaine you are not built for this shit Paul Walker you are not so subsequently we have a Paul Walker month it will not be pretty if you're a Paul Walker fan do not show up I'm not. I'm too old for Paul Walker fandom. That didn't also, have, I missed that. <laughs> also, because at some point we found out that he. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're so, gloss over that one. But yeah. Yeah. yeah yep. So, yeah. yeah. So um, from the corner of his eye, if you get a chance, I would definitely recommend it. I would. It's a good read. Um, and and I love Dean Koontz. I love Jeffrey Deaver. One of his favorite, one of his books that he wrote was called Twisted, which is one of my favorite books because it's like thrillers, but mm-hmm. they all have a twist ending. Like oh, all of them. It's like short stories and all of them have a twist ending and it's just the best. Yeah, it's not um, just catching up with the bomb, but there's like something else that happens. at the oh, Yeah. Nice. Like, for example, there's one and I uh, read it on Ratchet Book Club. I'm always worried about getting arrested. Um, (laughs) But I read it on Ratchet Book Club and it was uh, one where a guy held up a store and his partner shot a customer and killed him. And then they took another customer hostage and took him back to a a house. And the customer spent like a good long time. He was a salesman. He spent a good long time explaining why they shouldn't kill him, why he would be better off alive. And they end up trusting him. That's 
turns out the customer that got killed was the hostage's best friend. And so after they let him go, he uh, blinded one of them, killed the other one and was like, I just spent all this time telling you why you shouldn't have killed me. Now I'm going to spend the rest of your life explaining to you why you should have. And he starts fucking him up. And that's the end of the story. And it is just the best and the reason why i can spoil that one is because there's like it's like eight or nine stories where it's just like twist endings and it's like oh my god i love that i love that so much i wish more people would do stories like that instead of like i mean i shouldn't have to watch a a fucking m night Shyamalan movie to get a twist ending i agree i agree twist endings are difficult to do but when you pull them off they're fucking fetch like that's yeah I mean, there's a lot of things that people consider like hokey writing. And I know that like for a long time, there was this really famous short story writer that I whose name I cannot remember. And his whole thing was that like, and at the end, there's a twist. And it was like, and a lot of people were like, you're not really pulling it off. Why don't you stop? And so like (laughs) for a while, a lot of people like didn't really do it, but you're right. Like when it comes out of nowhere, where it really clocks you in the face and you're just like, I need a hundred more just like that. Exactly. Ah, it made it, that wonderful surprise. Cause like, I don't know about you, but like, it's now gotten to the point where it's like, if I'm reading a book and I can tell you what the ending is in like 50 pages, oh my God, do I not want to finish? And like, if it's for the show, you gotta, but mm-hmm. uh, it's just drudgery. And I, I never want to know the ending. You never, it's, it's like sometimes that magical thing, this sounds so bad. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't want to get, I have family members with dementia. I have family members with Alzheimer's. I don't ever want that. But if I could just forget the endings of books and just the magical moments of books, so then I can experience that joy again, I would be okay. Yeah. I would be okay. Um, But yeah, no, the whole Alzheimer's, dementia. No, it's terrifying. Yeah, no, my, my, um, grandfather passed away from it my grandmother currently has it and i would not you know what i take that back i people say shit like i wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy wait let me tell you something about my worst enemy (laughs) (laughs) my enemy is a schmuck and i would not i draw no lines i have ideas oh um okay so uh the, the, the the ninth question yeah ninth question this is important. Okay. I will not judge you out loud. I will just, you will see the get the fuck out of here face, the eyes. It's all in the eyes. Mm-hmm. I'm watching. Um, pepperoni or sausage? You're going to hate me for this. I'm a vegetarian. That's dope. I have questions. Okay. I have questions. So, spin off. Yeah. Real vegetarian or pescatarian? Real vegetarian. Okay, cool. So I make portobello mushrooms, uh, mm-hmm. smoked portobello mushrooms. I stuff them with zucchini, uh, uh, zucchini squash. Well, zucchini is a squash, but zucchini, yeah. yellow squash, red onions, mushrooms, because why not? Um, and then cheese. Um, and I cook them, I put them into the oven a while, and then I put them on the smoker and they usually turn out fantastic. What is your number one go-to, well, dish? Cause you're a vegetarian. Yeah. 
I, it's hard. Uh, I, my dad's side of the family is Italian. So okay. there's just the world of Italian food and, and the vegetables, but my mom's side of the family is Polish. And so, uh, there, if you've never experienced a pierogi, they're not necessarily, oh they're the I went to school in Ohio. Earth. So, oh, okay. So, you know, yeah, yeah. 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 No, they're, they're just the greatest food on earth. And yeah. uh, they're not necessarily vegetarian, but most of the time they are heavily yeah. involved in potato yeah. uh, and you fry them in butter and it's just the greatest food on earth. So again, not like a noble answer. It's all yeah. just like mashed potatoes wrapped in ravioli essentially, but it's just the it's fucking perfect earth. Right. So the college I went to was serve pierogies once every two weeks. And on that day was the day that I would go into the dining hall and make sure that I was there from like the time that they opened. Because the further they went on, they had a, a risk of selling out of the pierogies. Yeah, um, the but I would I would skip my class to make sure that I got into there to eat this. And so I understand wholeheartedly. They're the greatest food on earth. I, I, add pierogies to your Thanksgiving table. Everyone will thank you. Okay. You know what? I might add it to the menu of what? No, I couldn't do that. I could. I really could add it to the menu of uh, what I'm catering for people and make like a. Um, see, this is the way that my mind works. Make like a uh, mash, uh, 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 blue cheese mashed potato or, or, or else a, a cheddar mashed potato with the green onions and everything and then stuff it into a pierogi. And they could have that instead of having the mashed potatoes, which would mm -hmm. be a new experience for them. Mm -hmm. mm. Polak approves. I, mm. I that sounds delicious. That's a thought. That sounds delicious. Me, it's just cabbage and rice or squash yeah. and rice. I love them. I love them to pieces like saute and onion and just dropping in with some cabbage or with some rice. And I will sit yeah. there or with some squash with some rice. And I will just sit. I will literally eat that for three days straight. I take a little bit of hot chili sauce oh. and put it over the top of it. And just mix it up and it just, yeah. it sings. My husband's from Texas. So like we still cook meat and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. He's never given it up. No. But I'm always trying to like remind people like flavor comes from vegetables. <laughs> like the fun, the singing, like exciting parts of meals. It's always like the herbs, the spices and the vegetables. Yes. Come on, guys. Yes. I know you love steak, but remember, yes. you can't also, neglect yes. your vegetables. No. <laughs> No, and I love, I, I adore a good salad. I love vegetables. It's just every time I try and delve into the life of uh, a vegetarian. It's hard. It's, it's, really, it's hard. really hard to stick with unless it's something that you are absolutely dedicated to. And I love meat almost. I'm, I'm certain like your, your husband does. Like barbecuing is a thing in our family. Like yeah. I grew up my grandfather my my uncle my father were all barbecuers so now i'm a smoker and it just goes from there sort of thing so yeah oh i mean a, a good smoked anything is worth is just have you ever had a smoke just, um a smoked cauliflower not a cauliflower steak not a cauliflower no. steak so here's what you do and uh yeah you take a full head of cauliflower um, you wash it, of course. You take the leaves off, of course, whatever. you know. And you chop the, um, well, you don't even chop the bottom off it yet. You cover it in butter and Italian herbs and seasonings yeah. um, and salt and pepper. You wrap it in foil and you put it on the grill. And you put it on the grill for about three hours. Ooh. 
And then you take it off the grill and it should be softened because of the butter and just, you know, it being foil wrapper so long. And then you uh, take Italian like Romano cheese mm-hmm. and you cover it with Romano cheese and you kind of like pat it in with your hand like you will with blackened salmon. Yeah. And then you take crushed red peppers and you sprinkle that over the top and you wrap it back up again and you put it on there and you just let it sit there for another two hours. That sounds amazing. And it's pull apart. It is so good. And it's all healthy. And I cannot wait to do that. (laughs) We eat that. And then we also eat like um, my wife made these. So she took cauliflower and she chopped it down and we took uh, Greek yogurt and cheese and bacon and because we're sinners and <laughs> made basically loaded stuffed cauliflower. Ooh! So like a pan of cauliflower and then we just mixed it with all of these other things and put it in the oven and let it cook. And it was sinful. That sounds delicious. That right. sounds amazing. Right. And I, I just can't even get the energy to cook it. <laughs> it's just so good and so easy. The pandemic, I was a food writer for a really long time. Um, and I, yeah. And, and, but like, and I love to cook. I love to cook so much. The pandemic has killed my desire to cook. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. I never want to cook a meal ever again. I'm just like, I hope you're okay with frozen pizza. Cause I'm so tired of cooking. <laughs> I understand completely. I have three, uh, this weekend I am catering a wedding. Oh my goodness. I already know this is the last wedding I'm ever going to do. Yeah. I did not look forward to it. It is such hard work. Yes. Catering is just incredibly difficult. People, whatever you're paying your caterer, double it because they earned more. It is the hardest thing on earth. I I am not looking forward to it, but now I got to get it done and out the way. Um, Okay. So your question. Okay. Um, Oh my goodness. Uh, Hmm. what religion aside from your own do you find interesting Ooh, buddhism Ooh, i really do um because we have a large asian community uh here and a lot of buddhists Mm -hmm. and so i always want to ask but at the same time it is rude to intrude or to encroach on somebody else's religion and be like tell me more yeah so i always just see it from the outside looking in but it seems like you know, it seems like a place, a fount that I can find more inner peace. And I search for peace a lot. So I would love to just see if it is what I think it is or if it's French. And, um, And so, timing. <laughs> and so one day I will, one day when I have a chance, I will literally, you know, I don't know how it works. I know that there's Buddhist temples. I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that there's some around here. So one day I will go to one and just sit down and see, I've been to a Catholic church, a lot of kneeling. Yeah. Um, I've been to a Catholic. mosque. Yeah. Um, I, I felt out of place at the mosque um, because I just, I, 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 I wasn't Muslim. Yeah. And it's not, it's not, I'm not saying it's not like a come, um, come unto me, all ye who labor sort of thing. It's not a come as you are sort of thing. That's exactly what they want. They want you to come as you are, learn to love, 
um, learn to sit at the feet of the imam, uh, mm-hmm. learn to love, learn to love Allah. Um, it just, I just felt like, I don't know what click. we're doing. Yeah. It didn't yeah. click for me. Um, I've talked to Jehovah's witnesses before, not my cup of tea. No. Um, I have never talked to anybody. I've, I've talked with Jewish people, but I've never been to a temple. Okay. Um, and I've never been to a chic temple. And those are the ones that are in my area. Those are all the churches are all of the religions that are nearby me that I think about. But like I said, I am so at this point in time, just focused on peace mm-hmm. that I think Buddhism would give me the best chance to really find something yeah. that would, because you think you find peace in your religion and then you really take a step back and look at it and see that it's not what you thought, what you yeah. always thought it was sort of thing. So I'm a lapsed Catholic. So like, I, I totally understand the, like, I was told this is a very, very loving place, but sometimes it doesn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I haven't been to church in ages, but like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I had a girlfriend who was a cat who was a, uh, who practiced Catholicism. And it was really interesting. Um, She never let me go to church with her. Oh, weird. And I I asked her, I was like, can I come to, can I come to your church? And I'll just sit back and watch and just observe. Mm -hmm. And um, she actually went to a Catholic school as well. Uh, So her whole life was Catholic, was Catholic. And she was like, I don't want you to come because you are the only part of my world that is not a part of this church. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's it's exclusionary by nature, but it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you know, okay. we were like uh, seventeen and sixteen at that point in time. Oh, so I was so like, you're you know, babies. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you know, no problem. I still love you anyway. And like a week later, we broke up, and it turned out it wasn't about the Catholic Church at all. <laughs> Good thing you didn't get roped into Catholicism, man. The the calisthenics you do every Sunday, the up down, up down, sit kneel, up down, up down. Yeah, it's yeah. What? I, I I still just one day, one day I'm gonna go in and see it because I I would love to. Okay, so here's my question. That's this is literally my ninth question. Confessions. Ooh. How do you cope with the fact that you're telling somebody something that you could have fucking gotten away with if you had just cut out the middleman and told God? <laughs> Sam was a good Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> My, my husband grew up Southern Baptist, so mm-hmm. we have conversations all the time about like just the two ends of Christianity that we yes. grew up with. Um, and both of us do not practice religion now. And confession is um, the best way I can describe it is there's a reason why the church took place or took hold in Italy. And it's because people in power want your fucking dirt. So mm. like, you know, it, it, it's a mob, uh, not, you know, I, I understand that Catholicism means a lot to a lot of people, including many, many people in my family. Um, but uh, politically and practically speaking, I, confession was literally only instigated. So people can have something to blackmail with you with like, if I'm, supposed to, if I'm supposed to have a personal relationship with God, he, 
father, you know, doesn't need to hear my 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 crap. <laughs> exactly. I was I, I was I was always curious about it because I was like, you know, I watch a lot of movies. I watch a lot of TV shows. Oz, HBO yeah. show. There's a Catholic priest in Oz named Father Ray. And these fucking murderers keep coming into his office and being like, I need to confess to you. And I'm like, don't, don't do it. Great. Don't. Why? Why are you telling him what the fuck? So there's this old comic that I used to love. Like I still do. I have the um the big like anthology of it. Like I love comic books. Um, I love I love reading. But um, this one is called Baby Blues. And okay, I've heard of it. Um, there is a comic that makes me laugh just thinking about, it, especially now that it, you know I'm older and I have kids who have tried this shit. The son comes in and the father, I believe, is sitting at a table. And the son is like five years old. And the son looks up at the father and he said, did, did, did my teacher tell you what happened today? Mm-hmm. And the dad's like, no, your teacher didn't. And the son is like, did my sister tell you what happened today? And he's like, no, she didn't either. And the son said, so I got away with it? <laughs> the catholic church everyone yeah, yeah. no literally <laughs> the aristocrats yeah no literally like yeah I, there's no good reason aside from just gathering dirt and not getting away with it i will never understand it as well i'm sure there's a good solid biblical reason why you need an intermediary but i don't know what it is every time i see that i just i i laugh till i cry literally every single time so i got away with it i got away with it and it was like oh, no that's not how this works okay go for oh. it okay um i'm looking at my bookshelf i'm trying to come up with fun stuff um do you believe in ghosts yep and the reason why is because when my daughter's mom and i were dating she had a house that um well her parents had a house and her mom and dad left for the weekend so it was just us in the house so of course uh we did romance book shit um and i woke up at about two o'clock in the morning and for some fucking reason this girl this woman who's wonderful still is wonderful person of course we're still friends because she's the mother of my child and shit yeah um She's telling me about how they have a pool in her backyard, like an in-ground pool, and it's really nice and everything. She's telling me about how the pool has been there since like 1984 or something like that, and how the people who lived there before them had to sell the house in a rush because their youngest child drowned in the pool, and that they were so traumatized that they just couldn't live there anymore. And so her parents got the house for a a steal. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That was that was my whole reaction. Just oh, that's cool. I was I was twenty one. I was a fucking ass. internally oh, judging. Cool. Internally judging. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. You know. Okay, ghosts. Whatever. Hey, how about some more of what you gave me earlier? Um, yeah. Like, why are we talking? Change the subject. Your parents aren't here. Yeah. Let's get Limited back to time. business. Right. <laughs> Let's get back to business. But I wake up at three a.m. and again, it's my, it's it's my girlfriend at the time. 
and uh she has two she has two older sisters and two younger sisters the two older sisters have left the house and moved into their own spaces yeah the two younger sisters have gone with the uh mom and dad on this trip so the house is empty except for us wake up at 3 a.m go to use the restroom it's a two-story house mm-hmm. her bedroom opens the door opens and you take one step out and two steps to the right, and there's a stair. So you can literally see over the balcony, like the stairway going down and then all the way down. 3 a.m., open the door. It's dark in the house. I open the door. I walk out. And I see somebody who looks like they're about six years old standing oh, on the stairs. God, that's awful. And I was like, am I dreaming? And they waved at me. No, my God. And um, so I went back to bed. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, um, what? When were your parents supposed to be home? And she was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, when are your parents supposed to be coming home? Maybe they made it home after we fell asleep and mm-hmm. I'm going to get murdered when I come out of your room. Because even though we're not, they know we're dating, like, yeah, you're not married. what the fuck are you doing in the yeah. house? Um, so I was like, what time are they supposed to come home? Maybe I overslept or something like that. And she was like, oh, they're not coming home until like Tuesday. And it's Sunday. Oh, my God. Um, and I was like, and your sisters went with them and we're not babysitting, right? And she was like, well, if we were babysitting, we'd be really fucking bad at it because yeah, I haven't exactly. seen my sisters all day long. And I was like, okay, so we're not babysitting. Your parents aren't coming home until Tuesday. It's Sunday. Baby, I just saw somebody wave at me on your stairs look like they were about six years old. And she stood up. This is three o'clock in the morning. She stood up immediately was like, we're getting the fuck out. Yeah. And we left and we got a hotel and we stayed there for that night. And the next couple of days we stayed over at my mom's house. Um, and I never slept over again. Correct. I was never there at 3 a.m. again. So I don't know if the ghost was ever seen again. But I know that they sold the house shortly thereafter. Wow. So, and wow. we broke up. So I never, uh, I, at, after we broke up, I never said, Hey, did you ever see that ghost again? Because yeah, that was exactly. never a conversation after a, after a kid came around, but yeah, exactly. yeah. So I believe vividly in ghosts. I believe that, um, there are times where something will happen that is so traumatic or so just heart wrenching mm-hmm. that they need to be seen. And, and I believe it for, for, humans too i believe it for everybody that if something traumatic happens to you you deserve to be heard you deserve to be seen and you deserve to be believed and until you get what you are looking for you will haunt the area Mm -hmm. that you will keep coming back to the area Mm -hmm. at which the trauma occurred until Mm -hmm. you find the peace in which you seek and yeah the recognition yeah and i so i think that that was that little girl and that's heartbreaking Woo. yeah 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 Whew, just thinking about it. I was 21. That was literally That's, 20 years ago. And even now I get goosebumps just thinking about that shit. That's like, horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. She waved at me like, what the fuck are you waving at? That's too much for me. That's <laughs> yeah. No, I believe in ghosts too, but I, I've never had a, a kid ghost wave at me. That is just, nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would the scare me. fuck are you waving Jesus. at? And I really thought it was her little sister. I was like, did yeah. they come home? Cause she was in like a, a, a nightgown. She looked like a kid. Yeah, she looked like a kid. Oh, God, that's terrifying. And I was like. Can't be for me. (laughs) Hopefully not for me. 
Okay, no. <laughs> um, okay. Tenth question. Yeah, last one. Last one. What? Yeah. Yep. This is it. This is it. What makes you happiest? The first thing that came to my head, and so it's probably the truest, is, and it's mundane, but it's spending time with my husband. Awesome. Yeah. No, I, the secret, a lot of people always go like, you're boring or like, you know, they, they think if a relationship doesn't have drama, then it's not really a relationship. And I'm like, no, uh, your, your spouse is like, he's my best friend. I love the hell out of him. He is just my mm-hmm. favorite person on earth and just spending any time with him and hanging out with him and laughing at his dumbass jokes yep. and just, you know, and just being a goof with my husband is the greatest it's the, it's the happiest moments of my day and my life. I feel that my wife and I have spent time making fun of our kids behind their back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they take silly pictures and we just text them to one another and make fun of the pictures. Um, we have inside jokes that the kids don't even know. We have music that only we like to dance to and listen to. Um, I understand wholeheartedly that yeah. that's your, your I- spouse should be, that place of peace, that, that, yeah. that, 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 that not your everything, because that's over saying it like that's oversimplifying it, Yeah, but like, they should be a jack of all trades when it comes to your relationship. Mm-hmm. Like I see a lot of people all the time. They say like, and uh, it, it's become kind of a, a thing amongst feminist writers, especially where they're like, you're really not supposed to, you're, you have to be like hundred, you have to be fully separate from your husband. You have to be a separate person. And I'm like, I am a separate person, but I love being with him. Like, Mm -hmm. and I'm cranky if I'm not with him and I do everything with him. And like, I, the things I want to experience are always experienced with him because he's just my best friend. And Mm -hmm. like, and it weirds me out when people are like, well, there's all these things I want to do without my husband. And I'm like, why? Why? Yeah. Why? My husband's the coolest. He's just the coolest dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I understand wholeheartedly. I feel like every episode I do is made 100 times better when my wife accidentally talks and I'm able to say, oh, come over here and say that. And mm-hmm. she's like roped into doing a show and she knows it. She knows I try and rope her into doing uh, episodes with me no matter what. She'll be like sitting on the bed and I'll be reading and she'll say, that sounds stupid. And I'll be like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more. She knows how much joy it brings you too. So that's why she does it. And exactly. It's, just, it's a sign of really true, like compassionate caring for the person that you're spending the rest of your life with. And unconditional trust. Like yeah. it is, there's a beauty in being able to know without like I'm a, I'm a person who um one of the things that I value more than anything else is loyalty like mm-hmm. I know it sounds like a Sopranos line or something like that but I've seen some shit so yeah. you know to know that 
I always have somebody that I can call and be like, baby, you won't believe the shit that just happened to me. And she can call me because she's a nurse. She can call me and be like, baby, mm-hmm. you won't believe the shit that they just said to me and know that we can talk freely and openly. And the other person will just be like, is this something where you want me to solve it? Or is this something where you just want me to listen? Mm-hmm. And I just want you to listen. And it comes with, it comes from experience with one another and familiarity that does not turn into contempt strangely enough uh, a lot of people do and 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 i have seen people you know in the news that get divorced after like one year or three years or something yeah. like that and i'm like work harder yeah like y'all are just clocking out as soon as something oh i don't like the food i don't like how you chew with your mouth open <laughs> paperwork and it's just like just <laughs> Work a little bit harder. Try not to. (laughs) Yeah, that too. Yeah, I mean, it's just a sign of being in a really good relationship when you can just be like, that annoys the living crap out of me, and they'll be like, I will try my best not to do it anymore. And that's considered revolutionary relationship advice now. And I'm like, I am so, I I am so heartbroken for people who have to meet their spouse via like Tinder or something Mm -hmm. like that now. And I don't know how you even broach that with kids of like online dating and made it like how how when my wife and I got married Super Bowl party like (laughs) when we got married, like I said, we worked together. But yeah. the person I dated before her, I literally met in a chat room on Yahoo. Like this is like this is how old, how far back it is. We were in a I don't know. I and and we looked at each other once, my wife and I, and we came to the realization that neither of us want to fucking try and date anybody else ever again. <laughs> so finding your person is realizing they're the end like that's it we're not doing this anymore so when on those times we are angry at each other one of us will say we'll look at the other and say do you really want to start over Do you really want somebody to have to deal with the fact that you shit with the door open? Do you really want to start over? Do you really want to introduce someone new to your parents? Right. <laughs> like, that door has been opened. Like, I like, want to do it again. Do you really want them to be compared to me for like the first five years of your relationship by everybody that you meet? Yeah, so we we've literally decided on the till death part. Like, like, okay, we won't try again till one of us dies because that way we could be like the other person died, and everybody would be like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." Instead of saying, "What happened, Anisha?" No, really, what happened? Hey, come here, come here, Derek, come here. Where she's not, come here. What did you do? What did you do? (laughs) What happened, Anisha? Like, what? What the fuck, bro? Like, Anisha makes like, can she make seven up pound cake? Can she make pound cake, bro? Nisha makes it with like the fucking butter. What the fuck did you do, bro? Did you at least get the fucking recipe? Did you, bro? Ruined it. You ruined it. What the fuck did you do? Okay. So what we need to talk about right now is how are you going to fix it? Okay. I know you're dating somebody. She's right there. It's cool. We're not friends with her. We're friends with you and Nisha. And Nisha. And we're going to support Nisha. So we need this. 
<laughs> to not be this anymore. Like, I don't care if I hurt this new girl's feelings. <laughs> I don't, I haven't known her that long. She has no, no relationship. My, oh my God. We will tell people you have not passed tenure yet. The people are our children. Yeah. We literally told our, when, when our youngest was like four, we were like five years for tenure. You haven't passed tenure yet. We'll put you back and start another one. It'll look just like you. We'll love it just as much. Like, don't fuck with us. <laughs> the hiring pool is deep. Like <laughs> Exactly. Tons of people want us to be their parents. Like, we'll adopt. Like That's brilliant. Just, you haven't passed tenure yet. Get the fuck out of my face. Okay. Um, yeah. Tenth question. Okay. Um, okay. So what's the piece of advice that you would give literally anyone who asks for advice? Don't be so hard on yourself. You have to understand that you are, even if you're from a kid to an adult, you're still learning and you're learning yourself. You're literally in a vehicle that did not have an instruction manual. And so you don't know how you'll react to things. Like you may react this way to this thing. I love video games. And Mm -hmm. so one thing that I've learned is that with video games, there are like, you'll experience a bug Mm -hmm. when you do a one thing, one certain way. But if you do it the same thing, but you turn a little bit in the opposite direction, you don't experience that same bug. And it's the same thing with life. Something that makes me laugh that you may say may make me mad when one of my kids say it. And I have to learn that so then I can calibrate myself to be able to deal with it. I cannot beat myself up because I found another bug. Instead, I have to work to resolve that bug so then that bug doesn't become a problem for people who are viewing the game or who are experiencing the game with me. Um, And I say that because I grew up in a time where, you know, there was a lot of misogyny and a lot of hatred and a lot of things that I had to unlearn. And I've been mm-hmm. unlearning it for a really long time. And I feel like I've gotten pretty okay at noticing when I'm fucking up and I'm able to apologize. Now I had to teach myself how to do that. It wasn't yeah. easy. I had to learn how to admit when I was wrong. It wasn't easy. I had to learn how to do that. I had to learn how to listen instead of just waiting for my turn to talk. And that was something difficult. And so if you feel like and 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 it's not just life, it's also like if you're if you're just starting off as a podcaster, high new podcaster, if you're yeah. just starting off as a podcaster and you're like, I only got three listeners, don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up. Just keep going. Learn from the experience, learn from the path, and just keep going. That's all I ask. That's brilliant. So tell folks about yourself. Tell them about your show. The floor is yours. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm Emily Edwards. I'm the host of Fuck Boys of Literature. As we discussed, it is uh, we try to be funny about books and taking down really toxic parts of the Western canon of literature because, uh, you know, there's there's a there's a spectrum. From like mm-hmm. generally good person to straight up evil fuck, uh, and fuck boy is somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. And you you gotta learn to not progress down the road. And for some reason, the fuck boy is an incredibly pervasive character in literature, <laughs> and we should probably stop doing that. <laughs> so we just talk about it from everything from 
really old Brit lit classics to stuff that was written in the seventies by a bunch of toxic white dudes. And, you know, and it's just, we pick apart everything and figure out why, why it's still happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the show. Yeah. And where can they find you at? Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you will find weekly, uh, short snippets of my shows. But if you want the whole thing, we are Patreon only because the girls got to eat and, uh, it is patreon.com slash fuckboys of lit. Okay. Now I'm Derek and I do ratchet book club. Um, the easiest way for me to explain that is I read hood classics and good classics and all things in between. Um, usually what happens is that I read like between one and four chapters per episode and make fun of them as I see fit or point out things that I don't like. Uh, So it's really a book club for me and all of my personalities inside of me. I I see things, I comment on things. Um, I read everything from um, Horson by Donald Goings, which came out in the 70s, to Holes by Lewis Sacker. Um, I love listening to your Holes episode. (laughs) It's the best, right? And, And the thing is, reading books that you enjoyed as a child reading them again as an adult is i i advise to everybody because you Mm -hmm. see it differently as an adult and it's like the writer was trying to tell us something that we probably absorbed but didn't know we absorbed it as children but then when you grow up you're like you know what i can see it clearly now that they're trying to say that i also read um maniac mcgee uh by book and it was I loved reading it. I love that book. It's one of my favorite books of all time. However, I did have a gripe about the fact that at the end of the book, nobody has changed except for the Black characters in the book. The only people who change in the book are Mars Bar Mm -hmm. um, and and the Bill family. Um, the, The folks who live on the, I believe the east end the the white guys who are building mm-hmm. like the pillbox and everything they went right back to building the pillbox and so yeah. i discussed that on the show about how you know how we can actually talk with our children about racism and how we can yeah. actually take that down bit by bit it's fun it's it's fun and it's it's opening and it's a it's it's something that i can always do because it's just me you know i don't have to depend on anybody else to be available for me to record it um, and then I do Hindsight, which is a show with my friend Brandon, where we, again, watch movies that we haven't seen since we were kids or young adults, uh, or mm-hmm. movies, like I said, that our listeners request. So this week, right. we did Bones, which was a horrible horror movie that came out in 2000 by Snoop Dogg. Wow. Yeah. That, <laughs> look at that, his face right now. Yeah, this is this is the get the fuck out of my face look like that was moments that I can never have back. And we made fun of it Um, and it was great making fun of it. And then I do return to Oswald, uh, which with my friend again, Brandon and uh, my my Internet life partner, Scar. We've actually been podcasting together since about 2009. Wow. he knows like everything. He knows my life. He, when I had my first breakdown, he was there to talk me through it. Like he's everything to me. Like my wife is here and he's mm-hmm. here. Um, and we discuss right now we're going through the HBO show Oz. And after we finish mm-hmm. that one, we're going to move to another uh, show and talk about that. So I think we're supposed to move over to Orphan Black Ooh. after we finish doing Oz. Um 
And then there's single simulcast, which is a pop culture show that I do with my beloved friend, Shante. Um, there's Unburdened, which is the mental health show. Um, there is Sin and Solace, which again is a dramatic serial about an assassin named Jeremiah Sinclair and his best friend, Solace, uh, Trevor Solace Salento. Um, didn't know until I wrote that this Salento was not a real last name. I saw it on the Street Fighter game. And I just thought it was so cool. It was a guy wearing a hat with a with the baton that will fuck people up. And his name was Salento. And I was just like, oh, cool. He must be Spanish. You know, that'll make me feel less bad about learning fucking French. Um, and then I do a show called The Single Serving Show. And The Single Serving Show was really interesting because every week I do a different genre of podcast. And then I never do it again. That's so smart. I love yeah. it. And then we do storytellers, which I'm sure at some point you're going to be on, which in which I combine storytelling and the old school game telephone. And that's also really fun. Yeah. You are just a font of brilliant ideas. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> depends on where the, where the road takes me. Like I said, I really just, I, I, I said who, who wants to fuck around and find out. And so it turned into a good game of 20 questions. And yeah. I really do appreciate you. This was a blast. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, if you ever want to discuss a specific book and be on FBLL, just give me a holler because we'll fit that in. And uh, I I love chatting with you. You have been one of the most fun people I've spoken to in the couple of years that I've been podcasting. And I can't thank you enough. It was my absolute pleasure, Emily. And um, we'll get together soon. We will. Sounds wonderful. Y'all be good. We'll holler at you later. Peace. Have a good evening. Fuck Around and Find Out is a Ratchet Book Club production. The intro and outro were made by Ketson, and it's called Good Vibe. It can be found on the Free Music Archive. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know my name,